Are you a professional real estate agent looking to get the competitive edge? Let's face it, the real estate industry is changing and we're going to show you how to change with it. So stop sending out mailers, cold calling dead leads, or even worse, attending network meetings. Become a modern digital agent with your hosts, Dwayne and Amanda Roberts. Today, we're going to talk about PP. You're like, what in the world are you talking about, Dwayne? We're going to talk about polls and positioning or polls and pipeline. Okay. When I say pipeline, what comes to mind when I say pipeline? You may or may not know this, but I wanted to gauge what you think. Across the United States, as a general rule of thumb, according to the National Association of Realtors, how many closings does the average agent have? Put in the comments down below, how many closings do you think the average agent across the nation has? So the answer is, drumroll, four to six closings per year, not per month, per year. Now, the question is, why is that? Do you think that people got involved with real estate and when they got involved, they got involved to only close four to six transactions a year? No, they got involved because they had a dream, a goal, a vision, and a hope. Let me explain. In the comments below, let me know why you got involved with real estate. I want you to think back when you first got your license, what were you doing before real estate, and what was it about this crazy job that you said, hey, I'm going to throw my heart over the edge. I'm going to walk away from probably the stability of a stable paycheck and to do this. So comments coming in, freedom, time, money. What else we got out there? The more interactive you are, the more interactive I'm going to be. Flex time, schedule, potential money, semi-retired, augment my pension just a little bit. Okay, got it. All right. No cap on salary, depending on me. True. So the good news about this industry is that you can make a lot of money in this industry. That's why we all signed up to do this. And most people think that the grass is green on the other side, but I'm going to convince you hopefully today that you're in the right time in the right place. For my new people, how much do you think it costs to open a McDonald's? Like if you contacted Mickey D's right now and said, hey, I want them golden arches, baby. How much liquid cash do you think it takes in order to actually make that happen? The average is $1.6 million. Now, how do I know that? Because I'm not throwing numbers out of my rear end. I study business. This is what I do for a living. I literally have a folder full of business opportunities. Call me a geek. This is what I do. I study these things type things. So I send off of what's called UFOCs, Uniform Franchising Offer Circulars. So if you're buying a franchise, they have to disclose, hey, what type of money is the average franchisee making? All right, so to get involved in the McDonald's, it's $1.6 million. Now here's the drum roll. When it's all said and done, how much do you think the average owner of McDonald's takes home? Put in the comments down below, what do you think the net pay for the average McDonald's owner is. It's $60,000. Now, there's a few things that I'm good at. I'm really good at converting internet leads. I'm really good at real estate. I can't spell worth anything. So if you guys see something grammatically mistake, let me know about it. I'll try to get it fixed. It's not my strength, but I can tell you one thing. I'm not too good at math, but I can say that it takes a lot of $60,000 years to make up $1.6 million. Now, why do people get involved in something like that? That's the real question. Why does someone open a McDonald's? Why does someone open a Little Caesars? Why does somebody open a Papa John's? 
Rant says illusions. I like that. Cash flow. See, the only real way to make money in those type of industries is if you have multiple locations. Now, if you have 10 of them making $60,000, but then you're like leveraging 1.6 times 10, right? In real estate is the only business that I'm aware of, and I study these things. If I'm wrong, let me know. Is the only thing where you can go to school for like six to eight weeks and walk out and make $100,000. Can we all agree that that's possible in a real estate? For those who have already done it by show of hands, that's possible. But this is what happens. And I'm giving you the long story in today's training. I want you to frame your mindset correctly. This is what happens. People get involved with real estate and they have these high dreams of being successful and they go to school. They'll spend two to $3,000 to get licensed. And then real estate school only prepares you just enough to pass the test. Is that a true statement? True or false? Put it in the comments right now. True or false? Am I speaking truth today? Real estate school just prepares you just enough to pass the test. Then you get out there in the real world and everyone has a warm market. Everyone has brothers and uncles and sisters and nephews and people that they know. But when that goes away, that's when they get themselves into trouble because they haven't learned to work leads. Now, do you have to learn to work leads? No, you do not. You can be like the average agent that closes four to six transactions a year. And if you're happy with that, you're in the wrong program. If you want more than that, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because sooner or later, if it hasn't happened already, your warm spirit of influence is drying up. And your spirit of influence needs to be the icing on the cake, not the cake itself. If you imagine you opened a restaurant and the only people that came to eat was your friends and family, you're going to go broke real fast, real quick. We have to have prospects. If you open a McDonald's, you have a drive through window. And that's why people do it. They do it for systems. The same burger made here is the same burger made in Tokyo. So they invest in the McDonald's because it's a proven system. Now, you may or may not know this, but if you don't, you're going to think I'm blowing smoke when we're done with this call. Look it up. Once you drop your $1.6 million to open a McDonald's, do you think you instantly get the keys? Here's a training manual. Go get them. No, they send you to something called Burger University. I know you think I'm joking. Look it up. They send you to Burger University. And Burger University is going to cost you an extra $10,000 just to go to burger school. They're going to teach you everything because you own the company. They're going to teach you how to run the fry station, the burger station, the bun station, the drink station, how to sweep the floors. And when the time is right, they're going to give you keys. Okay, Dwayne, we're 15 minutes into this training. What the heck does this have to do with real estate? Because there's things you're going to learn throughout this process that you're not going to like. This program is called Agent to Rainmaker. It is designed to turn you into a rainmaker, designed for you to run a team or to be more busier for yourself than you've ever been. But there's a system, a process, a solution. I'm going to teach you the process. Now, in that process, I start everyone out organically. There's a reason why. I do not know two things when you start this cooling with me. Number one, I do not know if you have a marketing budget. Number two, I do not know your conversion skills. Sometimes I get students and they're like, hey, Duane, I'm dropping four to five grand a month on Zillow. I'll show them how to spend half the amount and get double the results. Sometimes I get students says, Duane, I have to make this work for myself. If I don't make this work for myself, I'm going to have to give, get a real job. Can you please take me as a student? I promise I'll do everything that you said. And by the way, I have a marketing budget to squat. What can I do? Well, we're going to start out organically. That being said, the first strategy that I'm going to put you on is called posting in Facebook groups. It's a strategy and it actually works. But is it my favorite thing to do? No, it's not my favorite thing to do. I want you to run Facebook ads, but I've been doing teaching agents how to do this for five years now. And I would take people straight from payment to Facebook ads. 
But those that didn't have conversion skills, it was a recipe for disaster because they invest with me and then they invest four or $500 a month on Facebook. They're not closing transactions. And it's really because they don't know how to convert. So can we all agree that if we have to learn to convert transactions, let's practice on free leads before we actually start spending money? Because Facebook needs to be an ATM machine. Let me ask you a question. I'll get on today's training. If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you spent $350 into Facebook, that you're going to get a check back for 10 grand, how many times per month do you want to do that? Are we all up for that program right there? You spend in 350, you get 10 grand back. We all want to do that one, right? That can happen, but you've got to get your conversion skills where it needs to be first. Now, one of the things that I'm noticing, and I'll take full responsibility on it, is we tell you at the very beginning that, hey, we want you to start with the renters to homeowners campaign, and we want you to start posting in groups. But there's three other other strategies. We talk about it during the onboarding training call, but we don't really emphasize it after that. And sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. People forget it's actually there. We're actually in the process of redoing the entire membership site right now. Hopefully that's going to be released, I say, by the end of October-ish, where it's going to help you stay a little bit more accountable to yourself. But one of the things we're going to talk about today is called the power of pipeline and the power of polls. Nothing Irk's not the right word because I have to remember that I'm a coach, but nothing kind of gets under my skin more than someone saying, hey, you know, these leads are crap. That's a mindset issue. Okay. I'm going to get on a little bit of a tangent here. Okay. People are people. Do some people have good credit? Yep. Do some people have bad credit? Yep. Can some people afford a house? Yep. Some people can't finance bubblegum? Yep. But when you go through this business and you're only trying to do it for the money, you forget why we actually got involved with this business that's actually helping people. I want you to pretend that you get a lead. You contact the lead. Guy's got a 550 score. Dude doesn't pay the bills. First of all, something bad could have happened to good people. It could be he just doesn't pay his bills. Who knows? But can we agree that sometime between now and the time the person dies, they're probably going to buy a house. Can we all agree that home purchase needs to be with you? And let me tell you what happens to the vast majority of realtors out there. They're so worried about next month's mortgage payment that they forget how what they need to be doing, which is servicing people, servicing clients. You should wake up every single day and go, how can I help somebody become a homeowner? And when you change your focus from closing transactions to helping people, the money, I'm telling you, it just comes. Now, am I going to spend five hours on a Saturday at $5 a gallon showing someone a house with 550 score? That'd be negative. I'm not doing that. But I'm not going to treat them like a second-class citizen. And that's what these realtors do. They get a lead. They throw it at the lender. Lender comes back and says, you can't buy. And they're like, sorry, you see it. Bye. And they go on to the next one. There's only two ways you're making money in this business. Write these down if you don't know it. Number one, you're on the phone talking to someone about buying or selling real estate. Number two, you're in person talking to someone about buying or selling real estate. That's the only way you make money in this business. The rest of the stuff is paperwork. So if it's a Friday afternoon and you have no one that you're out showing properties on Saturday and you've got somebody that has a 550 score, go show them a couple houses. Develop the relationship with that person because two things are going to happen. If you treat them like a buyer, they will become a buyer and they'll use you when the time is right. And those people know what? What do those people know? Put in the comments. What do those people know? Or should I say, who do those people know? Me, not what I'm looking for. Those people know other people. That's exactly right. 
they know other people. So if you treat someone with respect and you educate them about improving their credit, you educate them about debt to income ratios, you educate them about down payment assistance programs, do you think you have increased your likelihood that they're going to say, hey, listen, I know you can't help me today, but my friend Bob here wants to buy a house. And they contact Bob and say, Bob, you have got to talk to Hannah because she's amazing. She's going to help me get into a home. Yes. So we're going to talk about pipeline today. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the power of holes. You're going to find this information in the course, and it's going to be right here. It's in the section that says free costs you time methods to get leads organically. And we've all started with organic method number one, which is posting in groups. Today, we're going to put some energy on polls. This is going to be a workshop. We're going to do this together. So we're going to explain what a poll is, how to do it, how to get the best results from it, and how to actually work those leads. First of all, a poll can only be done in a group. So if you try to do a poll on your page, you're going to send a tech support in and you're going to say, I can't find the poll option. Yeah, that's because you're trying to do it on your page. It's got to be in a group, all right? So this is what you're going to do. So everyone, I want you to go open a Facebook buy, sell, trade group. Let's do this workshop style. Get a new tab. Minimize me. Go find a group that you can post in. I'm going to do the same. You're going to watch me actually do it. I'm looking for a group that I'm an admin on. Okay. Put in the comments down below if you've got a group we want to work with. What you're looking for is two, one or two different things. You're going to see where it says poll or you might have three little dots there. Depends how the admin set it up. If you have the three little dots, it will open up options and you should have a poll option. So put in the comments down below. We're going to run this like all military style. No agent left behind. I want to make sure everyone's there before we continue. So go find that chat. Let me know if you're there. All right. So this is what we're going to do. You're going to go to the course and I'm going to do two different polls. We're going to do a buyer's poll and we're going to do a seller's poll. All right. So the first one we're going to do is going to be a, a seller's poll. I have seen homes appraised 10 to $15,000 more than expected. What is preventing you from putting your house in this crazy hot market? So all you're going to do is you're going to copy that entire thing right there. And we're going to go over to the group and we're going to go to poll and we're going to post that bad boy right there. Clean it up a little bit so we don't have all that darn spacing. And then we're going to add options. So you go back to the course and we're going to do option number one. I need to do some minor repairs before I list. Minor repairs. Option number two. I would if I could find another home that I like. Boom. Option number three. I am ready now. Tell me what you think you're or what it prays for. Boom. Add option. I need to do some major repairs before I list. Boom. There we go. Now, this is important. Down below, you're going to see this little gear icon. Click it. Do not allow them to make multiple options and or to add option. If you forget to do that, some people is going to be really creative and you're going to like the responses. I'm saying that jokingly. You're not going to like the responses. That's all you got to do. That's the poll. And you're going to click post and you're gonna see the poll pop up here. Boom, that's it. So that's a seller poll. Let's go do a buyer poll. So we're gonna go back to the course and we're gonna to go to a buyer poll. Let's do the first one. What's preventing you from buying a home? So we're gonna go poll, what's preventing you from buying a home? And option number one, need to fix my credit. Boom, option number two, I need a down payment. Boom, and I'm in a lease now. Boom, add a fourth option in this one. Show me how I am ready, boom. Hit the little gear icon. Do not allow them to make changes or do anything creative. 
post. That's it. Let's talk about sellers to begin with. When someone votes, it's going to look like this. They're going to click on it and you're going to see one vote. If you go over here to the percentage sign, you click on it, you can see who voted. Obviously, it was just me. So Dwayne Roberts voted. Now, so what you need to do is you need to send Dwayne Roberts a friend request. The disadvantage of doing a poll is the bot does not engage and there's a little bit of a manual work that has to be done. So you go click on it and you'll see that you go to my profile. You're going to send me a friend request. Pop quiz. If I am not your friend and you send me a message on Facebook, a DM, a PM, a private message, direct message on Facebook, do I see that message? Put in the comments down below. Well, I see that message. Don said no. Laura said yes. Chris said no, no, no. The answer is no. Here's why. In order for a message to come across, you have to be friends with that person. Otherwise, it goes here, which is in the new message request folder. It's basically the spam box of Facebook inbox messages. So if I click on that, I have all these messages here that people have been trying to reach me and I have no idea who the heck they are. So what you do is you go to the group, go, go to the wall, by the way, props for the fish that I caught in Aruba. Sucker's baby, that baby's a, a beast. My wife did a surprise gift for me. So she had it mounted, should show up this week. But let's say I'm trying to get you know your attention and this is your wall. Go to the wall and some walls, you can do this, some walls you cannot. It depends on their individual setting on Facebook, but about 60% you actually can. So I would make a comment here and I would say something like, wow, what a fish, or I love this pick, or I can totally see what you're saying. Find something that you can resonate with. And I would say, wow, that's an amazing fish. Hey, by the way, I sent you a DM or a PM, whatever you want to say. It's probably hanging out in your message request folder. Check it. What happens if some Somebody comments on your wall. Put in the comments right now what happens if somebody actually comments on your wall. Are you notified by Facebook if you get a comment, if someone actually goes to your wall and comment? Every single time, if someone posts on your wall, you get a message, hey, you know, Dwayne commented, you know, posted on your wall. If you don't know who Dwayne is, what's the next darn thing you're going to do? And you're going to right. Todd said you're going to look them up. That's exactly right. So in my case, let's pretend I'm prospecting you as an agent for my course. And I send you a message and you're like, who the heck is this Dwayne Roberts guy? You click it and this is where you end up going. Well, obviously, you can see that it says marketing and conversion. Realtors get free leads. Register here for weekly live trainings, the training you're on right now. So this is called a profile funnel. I create a curiosity to the point where you're like, who's this crazy guy? You clicked it and people end up in my coaching because of that. You do the same thing, but you do it with your profile funnel. So in the course, there's a section here on creating your own individual profile funnel. So you want to go here to set up your Facebook profile funnel. And we've got images here that you can use that will get people interested in you and your services. What you're gonna do, and this is important, is you're going to go to those polls. If I get really lucky, I'll get a vote before we get out of here. What you're gonna do is you're gonna hover over where it says, just now. Oh, sorry, you are gonna do that, but let me teach you something else. You can save this. So you can go here to these three little dots and you can go save post. And most people don't know you can do this. You can actually save it in a collection. So we can make a new collection here and we can call this buyer pulse. Hello, coach, I can't spell buyer pulse. And then we'll do the same thing with this one. We will save this to seller pole. 
And then when you want to find them, rather than going through the group and scrolling to find the darn thing, if you just go to facebook.com forward slash saved, it will pull up all your collections. Then all you have to do is click on it and then you'll see all your buyer polls. So when you get a lead and someone votes, let's talk about things that you should be doing in order to do that. If someone responds, what's preventing from buying your home and they voted, need to fix my credit, then that's pretty obvious. Start a message conversation with them, friend request them, ask them the magic question. Hey, if credit wasn't an issue, would you like to buy a house? If they say yes, we got a darn starting point, right? Need a down payment. Well, your state probably has a down payment assistance program. If not, John Koska with the American Financial Network has a program now that we talked about last week that with a 600 credit score, they can get the down payment they need for an FHA loan. They do not have to be a first-time homebuyer, and there are no income cap requirements. Now, some people hear me say that, and they're like sending me messages like, how can he do it without income? Income cap. So some states, if you make like $100,000 a year, you don't qualify for that program. This, there's no cap. And Karen, yep, I'll make sure you get that information. But there's no cap, and you don't have to be a first-time home buyer. So that pretty much puts everybody in the mix that needs a down payment. I'm in a lease now. Well, there you go. When's your lease up? Show me how I'm ready. We do the happy dance on that one, right? Same thing. So let's go back and look at seller polls. All right. Someone responds with, I need to do minor repairs before I list. Well, they're not going to click on that if they haven't been thinking about listing, right? So if they click on that and I clicked on it to keep my example congruent, Dwayne Roberts, if I send a message and he never responds to me. I have his name, right? What can I do when I have his name? How can I find his address? Put it in the comments down below. How hungry are you? How bad do you want to make this happen for yourself? Skip trace him. That's exactly right. Look him up at tax records. Find this Dwayne Roberts guy and then go knock on my door. Develop a relationship with the handyman. And when you have a conversation, you say, hey, listen, hey, I made a poll on Facebook. You clicked and selected that, you know, you may be thinking about selling your house, but you had some minor repairs to do. You know, love to send my guy by to give you an estimate of what it might cost to actually get that done. And depending on the cost, if we can work out our deal, I'll even pay for it. What if you have a handyman that comes back and says, hey, it's only about $500 worth of stuff, a little caulking here and there, a little bit of painting here and there, about 500 bucks, 600 bucks, 700 bucks, whatever it is. Who would be willing to reduce their 3% commission by five to $750 if you actually get a deal out of the darn thing? Darn skippy, baby. So have a handyman that's willing to do those type deals. I would if I can find another home that I like. Bingo, we know where to take that one. What kind of home are you looking for? Get them in your system. Start developing those relationships. I'm ready now. Tell me what it will appraise for. Ding, 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 ding. Let's rock and roll. I need to do some major repairs before I list. I typically stay away from those, but you could get with the general contractor to find out you know, what needs to be done in order to list that property. So let me show you real examples in the course. All right. So these are some screenshots that I took from the polls. All right. So here's a real example. So here is a seller poll. I wish I could if I found another home that I like. Six votes. Can we all agree that six people that are in the market to buy another house and they would probably sell their house if they found another one? How much did it cost you for that lead? Nothing. I'm ready now. Three votes. Ding, 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 ding. I need to do minor repairs. One vote. And this was only after 20 hours posting. You see that? 
Less than one day, she got those leads. Let's go back, look at a buyer. Here's a buyer one. What's stopping you from buying a house? Credit, 37 people, ouch. But still, that's 37 people that need to be in your pipeline that are thinking about buying a house. Money, basically down payment, 13 people. So if that program was around then, she has 13 people to reach out to let them know that there's a new program with a 600 credit score where they can get their down payment taken care of. Five people were in lease. One person said, I'm ready now. Where do I start? Ding, 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 ding. Are you guys starting to see the power of polls? So I want to encourage everyone not to forget about this strategy and start doing polls. And just go back once a day, find your poll and see if you get any new responses. Now, the way you're gonna track those is you're gonna go to your tracking spreadsheet. And at the very bottom, we have a tab called poll responses. Put your the group that was in or the poll response name, that could be the group or whatever you called it. The link to the group, oh, excuse me, the link to the person's personal Facebook profile. Did you send them a friend request? Yes, no. Did they accept your friend request? Yes, no. Did you send them a direct message? Yes, no. Did you post on their wall to do a message bump? Yes, no. Did you skip trace them? Yes, no. Watch their phone number. This keeps you completely organized. You need to be obsessed with leads. You have to be an owl obsessed completely with leads. If put in the comments right now how much an average closing is worth to you. If you convert a seller or a buyer, how much is that one deal worth for you when it finally closes? Let me tell you what I look at. When I look at a seller poll and I got four responses that said, hey, I need to do some minor repairs, that's $40,000, $40,000. So I have two ways I can approach that. I can take the passive aggressive way where I can sit there and send emails and hope they respond to me and then complain that I'm not converting any leads because leads suck. Or I can take the bull by the darn horns and go knock on the darn door. For those who are not used to my coaching style, I'm direct. Do you want to make money or do you want feel goods? There's a reason I was closing 75 to 100 transactions a year because I don't play around. If someone comes through there and it's a seller or a buyer, I promise you, I'm going to get a yes, I'm going to get a no, or someone's going to take a restraining order out on me. There is nothing in between. I promise you that because it's important to me because I have goals. I got things I want to do. So put in the comments right now, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? If you're making all the money that you wanted, what would your life look like? What would you drive? Where would you live? What kind of house would it be? Who's a sports car enthusiast in here? Anyone want anyone like sports car, cars beside me? I want to give an analogy here. I want you to put in the comments your dream sports car. The one that you've been dreaming about your whole entire life. Aston Martin, the 89. Yeehaw. Lamborghini, they're bad drivers. Corvettes, me too. I'm trying to get a C8 right now. Someone knows one for sale. Let me know. They're sold out everywhere. Karen said it's a garage suite. There's two ways that you can get this dream car as my analogy. The first way is you can say, yeah, one day I like to have that Aston Martin. The second way is to go test drive it. You see, when you actually show up to the dealership and you plant your butt in that car and you smell that leather, it becomes real. And when you take a picture of you in that car and you put it on your poster board with now your dream, your vision board, it becomes real. I'm trying to teach you that you have to, your why has to be bigger than your excuse because I get excuses day in and day out. It's not an excuse issue. It's a personal development issue. The only difference between you and I is the fact that I am obsessed with personal development. I've spent hundreds and thousands of dollars to get my mind right. So it's never a lead problem. It's always, if anything, a conversion challenge. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to teach you how to get your mind positioned in the right way to be able to be successful because the world is negative. What do I mean by 
by that. Every time you turn around, there's negativity. If you're CNN type of girl, Fox type of guy, it doesn't matter. On both sides of the aisle, it's negative. But when your brain is continuously hearing negativity, it's very difficult to pull positivity out of that. We are a subject of our environment. See, your brain is not your brain. Your brain is an organ which has been developed over centuries, and it was developed to keep you safe. It was not developed for you to get ahead. Fire, hot, do not touch. Save a tooth tiger, do not pet it, it will bite you. So when your brain is introduced to something new, like do some Facebook polls, run some ads on Marketplace, do some rented to homeowners post in groups. Your brain's going to tell you that it's not going to work. People are going to think I'm a scam. I don't want to ruin my reputation. Your brain is going to play tricks on you and make you believe that it's not going to get the result that you want because your brain is not designed for you to get ahead. Your brain is designed for you to survive. The only way to get ahead in life is to shut your brain up and introduce positive things in your life. So if you have not heard me say this before, if you've been on my calls. You've heard me say it a million times. I need you to condition your brain. See, you guys thought you signed up to get leads. No, I'm going to teach you how to be wealthy. If you do not have a bare minimum of a year's worth of income in the bank right now, pay attention. There's a book out there. It's called Go For No. Who's read the book? Go For No. Anyone out there? My new people are like, what's everyone raising their hand about? Go find the book today. Go to Amazon. And if you don't read, buy the Audible version, download it, listen to it. It will help condition your brain and what it takes in order to work leads. I'm not going to spoil the book for you. Hey, someone says on YouTube, did not know that. Making a mental note, might find it and just add it to the darn course. That book will help condition your brain. Now, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth right now, but for those who've actually read the book, put in the comments down below and encourage those that are wondering if they need to get the darn book, tell them why they need to do it and how it's possibly changed your life. What you got out of the book. Erica said, listen to Audible. Yeah, I'm an Audible guy too. I listen on Audible more. Confidence, counting the no's, not the yeses. Change how I think no affects me. Now, what you want to do is you want to get yourself in a position to understand that a no is just closer to a yes. So I'm going to give you an analogy and I want everyone to play along. Everyone bust out a calculator on your phone, online calculator, bust out a calculator. I want you to pretend that you spent four hours a day, not an hour that I suggest, four hours, you're an overachiever. You spend four hours a day posting polls and doing all this organic methods, four hours a day. So four times five is 20, 20 times four is 80. So if you did that every single day for four hours, and you spent 80 hours prospecting. Let's be realistic here. First of all, I'm teaching you guys to do one hour. And yes, I get emails from people saying, well, this is too much work. I'm like, go back over there to the four to six closings per year because you're not ready for this yet. All right, so if you spent 80 hours, do you think it's realistic to assume that you're going to get two deals out of that for a month, at least two transactions a month? All right, so in the comments right now, take your average purchase price, your average commission times that by two. If you convert two of these bad boys, how much money would you make? Put in the comments below. After brokerage split, your take-home pay, Sherry said 20, 20K, 24K, 15K. 
18K. For this example, I'm going to put it at 15K, $7,500 a pop. Just average, Karen, whatever the average, you know, whatever average purchase price is. You're going to see where I'm going with this. All right. So everyone bust out a calculator. And what I want you to do is I want you to take, in my example, I'm going to take $15,000, but I'm going to divide that by a different number here. How many hours do you think you really have in a buyer by the time it closes? This encompasses showing them properties, writing an offer, negotiating, and actually getting to the closing table. How many real hours do you have in that file? Put in the comments down below. Loretta said 35 in one client. You're showing them way too many houses, girl. Brian said four. Okay. I'm going to keep the number high. You see where I'm going with this. Eight, 30. You're showing too many houses. I'm going to put the number at 10. I'm just going to even, we're going to say you got 10 hours in this file. So 10 hours times two clients is 20 hours. So 80 hours prospecting for the month. And now we have another 20 hours working with those clients. So now we have a hundred hours. So $15,000 divided by a hundred hours is $150 an hour. Hour. Guys, most attorneys don't make that. Who would be happy with $150 an hour? What if you close three? What if you close four? What if you built a pipeline to the point that they got to know you? What if you actually did what I'm teaching you to do and you actually went live in your group and you started nurturing that group and all these people that came through, all those buyers, all those sellers on that seller poll, you got them into your branding group. Over a course of time, they start dripping out. Would it be worth putting the energy in now to have a consistent three to four closings happening six months down the road coming out like clockwork? You better believe it. But the reason agents have a hard time doing it is they want a microwave success. And let me tell you right now, this real estate business, it's not a microwave business. You got to put in the work. If you don't put in the work, you're not going to get the rewards. But if you put in the work and you set it up right to begin with, you'll get dividends year in and year out. You just have to decide how bad do you want it? Do you want to close four to six transactions a year? You want to close a hundred plus transactions a year? And the only thing that's going to make you do that is what your mind is set for on your vision board. That could be putting your kids through college. That could be paying off the house. That could be traveling. That could be having a team. So you're not having to hustle as much. If you've been in this business 15 plus years, you should be looking at a team. If you can learn this strategy, if I can teach you how to use the bun station and I can teach you how to use the fry station and you get good, then you should be able to teach three or four team members how to do the same. And when you have three to four team members closing two to three transactions a month and you're making 50% on, now we're talking. But just like Southwest Airlines, I have to operate like a stewardess. Put your mask on first before you start helping someone else. You got to learn to do this. And once you learn to do it and you get good at it, you can start training other people how to do that. So here's where I'm going with this. You don't have to spend four hours a day. You don't. You can honestly accomplish what I just told you at an hour a day. If you did four hours a day consistently, you're going to be closing six to eight transactions a month. I've done the math a thousand times. I've done it myself. I know this business. If you just did an hour a day, yeah, you're still going to get your two to three. The point is, is if if you're not talking to someone about buying or selling real estate and you're not in face face to face talking to someone about buying or selling real estate, you're not making any money. So you have to make the commitment to yourself that you're going to do the prospecting that's required to get enough people to talk to, to get the closings you want, to hit the goals that you need. Does that make sense to everybody? This business is mindset. And I am the first person to admit that when I started going through personal development, that almost every speaker that I went to, almost every conference I went to, they all kept preaching the mindset thing. And I was the first person to roll my eyes and to say, here we go with the mindset again. But I also come to realize that I'm the one that needed it the most because I was rolling my eyes. It's really a mindset business. When you Again, reemphasize when you separate the money from helping people, when you just wake up 
and you say, hey, who can I help today? Who can I help become a homeowner? You know, if you're a praying type of person like I am, ask God, who can you put in my life today that needs to buy a house? Who can I help? Who can I serve? And when you have a servant's heart, the right people will just come to you. And when you do the right thing, because it's the right thing to do, it will yield dividends year in and year out. The story that comes to mind is a girl, her name was Larissa, first time home buyer, barely had enough credit to get into the to the house. I actually repaired her credit for her. Remember I said, I don't play. I don't play. So I sent her to a loan officer. A loan officer says she makes enough money, scores in the gutter. Oh, really? We're going to fix this. So I actually had girls in the office that was handwriting letters to Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. I don't play around. We got her scores up, got her into her property. It took every penny she had just to barely get into it with closing costs and all this stuff. I mean, just barely skate in, skated in. What was really important to this girl is that she had a washer and dryer. Why? She couldn't afford a washer dryer. She had to have a washer and dryer. So we negotiated in the contract, washer and dryer. I got it. We close on the transaction. We go to the house. And 10 minutes after she's there, she calls me and she is just crying. Of course, I'm like, hey, what's wrong? She goes, the washer and dryer's broke. This thing is shooting water, you know, completely out of the darn thing. So I show up, you know, it was a late closing to begin with. You know, it must have been 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. I showed up, she's in tears, it's spewing water around everywhere. So what did I do? I took my butt to Lowe's and I bought a brand new washer and dryer. I delivered it and installed it my darn self. I didn't think twice about it because it was the right flipping thing to do. I made like seven to 10 grand on the transaction. I did the loan too. It was the right thing to do. But guess what happened? Her parents called me two days later. said, hey, just want to thank you for taking care of my daughter. By the way, we're coming to Nashville and we want you to be our agent. Sold them a $850,000 house about four months later because I did the right flipping thing. Then six months, two years after that, they sold that house to buy another house at $1.4 million. Got that transaction too. They had a friend that was moving to the area, which was a $400,000 transaction, got that transaction too. But I did it because I had a servant heart. I didn't do it thinking I'm going to get a referral out of it. I did it because it was the right thing to do. So when you separate the money from actually helping people, the money just comes. You don't have to worry about money again for the rest of your entire life. So rather than filtering the leads going, you suck, you suck, you suck. Oh, you've got 800 credit score and 20% down. I'll pay attention to you. Treat people like they're darn human beings. Service the ones you can. Educate the ones that, that aren't quite ready yet. Nurture them in the process. The ones that are ready now, we work with them. The ones that aren't, we continue to nurture them. Till we get them to the point where they become loyal fans and loyal followers. If you do the right thing, they're going to use you when the time is right, and they're going to refer all their friends and family to you. That's it for today's training session, guys. We do these every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. If your bot is not installed and you're having trouble with that, we want to get that taken care of. Do a support ticket, log into the course, go down at the very bottom. You're going to see a image for a tech support. Click it. Let someone on my team help you out. So that's not going to be a hindrance no more. And I'm going to highly encourage everyone to please, please, please do that buyer and seller polls in at least 10 groups. Go back and look at the results. Post your results in the group for everyone else to see. These recordings are live in the group right now. So I keep it on there for about a week or so, but then you, there's a section called units inside the group. If you go to units, all the archives are right there. So you can go back and look at whatever you want, but it'll be on the front page for at least a week, week and a half or so. Guys, that's it. My name is Dwayne Roberts. We'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Let's get after it, guys. See you then. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Modern Digital Agent Podcast. We hope this episode was insightful and helps you become a well-oiled real estate marketing machine. If you're looking to become a modern digital agent, don't forget to check out our training platform at moderndigitalagent.com. Until next time, be safe. And remember, you're only one system away.